devotional type message from 1 Samuel 30. But let's go ahead and look at, and I mentioned this in our prayer list. I went ahead and I printed this out. Specific ways that we can pray for Israel. Obviously, we're praying for Israel, who has a very legitimate right to defend itself. And I am so tired of the lies. It makes me angry to hear some of the awful things that are being said, as if what Israel is doing to defend itself is the same thing as slaughtering babies and raping women and murdering them in front of their husbands and their children and on and on, the savagery. There is no moral equivalency, none at all. It's disgusting, some of the things that are being said. We need to pray for decisive victory over the terrorists. There is every right, and we say this soberly, we understand that these are human beings with souls, but there is a judicial decree of God, and it is necessary at times for there to be the exercise of judicial government decrees under the authority of God to suppress evil, which involves sometimes taking evil out by death. We can talk about capital punishment and coming off the ark in the book of Genesis. We can talk about capital punishment in regards to the book of Romans, chapter 13. But God has allowed, and Earl, you talked about this in your message on the Abrahamic covenant a couple Sunday nights ago. Excellent message. And talking about uh, the government decree and the execution versus murder. Um, wonderful uh, explanation there. So appreciated. We need to pray for decisive victory over the terrorists. And Hamas is putting human, innocent human lives as shields. Putting their rockets in schools and hospitals and on and on it goes. It's barbaric what they are doing. We need to pray for safety for soldiers, for the border patrol, for the police authorities. Obviously, wisdom for leadership. We even have some of our politicians that are trying to say two different things out of the same mouth, and they need to just be plain and absolute on the side of what is right and moral and good instead of trying this whole moral equivalency nonsense and some of the things where they say Israel has the right to defend itself, but at the same time... And then they make up some, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. Wisdom. Our nation needs to support Israel. We must not waver on that. And uh, Netanyahu, I think he came out with a speech. I have not read the article, but prayer for wisdom for leadership. Are there not grieving families? Can you imagine some of what those families have been through? 1,500, at least 1,500. Some of them were babies. We have all kinds of grieving families over there. Denny? Yes. Good. Good. I know there's some funding, $100 billion, that I think needs to be shot down because way too much funding for other other things. Yes. 
Good. Good. We definitely need to emphasize Israel and helping them. And so wisdom for leaders and then comfort for the grieving families. Um, from what I understand, many of those in that area of the border there by the Gaza Strip, many of those were secular Jews. Not that there weren't Orthodox and very religious, but many of them were secular Jews, left-leaning Jews. That doesn't minimize the need for prayer for them, for comfort, but sadly, many of those families completely without any truth, they need the gospel. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so prayer for many of those families to be reached with the gospel, the, the comfort that they can uh, receive from the gospel of Jesus Christ, from Christ himself ministering to them. Are we not praying for a swift and safe return of the hostages? Just that alone should be enough for people to realize that there is zero reason to support Hamas in any way, shape, or form. They are holding hostages in brutal fashion. Some of them are Holocaust survivors. Unbelievable, the wickedness. If anybody thought that man was basically good, how could they possibly think that man was basically good, seeing the horrors of the Holocaust and now this? That should right there remind us again of how man is depraved and we are wicked sinners. But we need to pray for safety, for swift return of the hostages, healing for the wounded. Many uh, have been injured and are healing. Protection for children and citizens. There are still hundreds of rockets, from my understanding, at least dozens, if not hundreds, being shot over into Israel. And some of them are aimed at Tel Aviv and Israel, aimed at places where civilians, they're not being aimed at military Targets. Many times it's just random rockets trying to kill innocent civilians. Protection for children, civilians. We know missionaries that are over there, Christian Jews. Strength for medical personnel who are enduring many long hours. Divine guidance and protection for true gospel ministries such as Shalom Ministries. There's probably others that you may know of that are proclaiming the, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to pray for sensitivity and openness to the gospel. That there be Jews, even Palestinians, who would receive Christ through this. That, would, that will see the, the error of man's ways and, and, quitting, and, and quit depending on uh, their own works and their own righteousness. Instead, turning to Christ and saving faith. We need to pray for that and ultimately for peace in hearts. Yes, we want peace as far as the military and the hostilities by evil being put down, but we need there to be peace in hearts, peace of God for those enduring, but peace with God for those who need to trust Christ as their Savior. Kelly? Okay. Confuse the enemy? Sure. And kill each other. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that happened with Gideon and the Midianites. And God confused them as they break their, their um, lamps and blew the trumpets. And the Midianites began to kill themselves. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah, confusion among the enemies. That they would get in their own way, so to speak. Yeah, we definitely can pray that as well. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. We don't have time to read all 31 verses. But let's take just a few moments here. And this is just one passage that speaks of an attack upon an Israeli city. In this case, it was Ziklag. 1 Samuel 30, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Ziklag is right there on that border between the Gaza Strip and Israel today. Ziklag is right there. It's part of that area where is now that border between Gaza and Israel. And notice what happens. And had taken the women captives hostages, in a sense, that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Of course, there was, in, on October 7th, there was great slaughter, but there is mention here of these captives. Verse 3, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. So we see the Amalekites strike Ziklag, captives are taken, And there is a great emotional toll. David and the people, verse 4, that were with him, lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Is there not weeping going on in Israel? Is there not weeping even on the part of those who are burdened for the Israelis? Certainly. But especially for those families. Here's David and his people that were with him, lifting up their voice and wailing. And they wept until they could not weep anymore. There was a great emotional toll. And then, in the midst of all this, as David was distressed in verse 6, they began to turn on David. They actually were considering stoning him in verse 6, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, what? Encouraged or strengthened himself in whom? The Lord his God. And that's what Israel needs. They need to turn to Jesus Christ. But right now, as we pray for Israel, we need to be encouraged in our relationship with God. We need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. David found hope in the midst of a great conflict where there's such high emotions that now they are ready to pick up stones and they're blaming him. Why did you not protect us? Some of that's going on toward Netanyahu, though Netanyahu is nothing compared to a David as far as his relationship with Christ and David being a man after God's own heart and king of Israel and all that. Okay, We know that comparison is not 100%, but still we see similar kind of reaction. But David found himself turning to the Lord. He encouraged himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And we find him worshiping. And then we see him in prayer as we uh, read through verse 8. He inquired at the Lord. Verse 7 is the mention of the ephod. So we see him in worship and prayer. And we see him in Bible study. We see him looking to the word of God and looking to God's promises. And we see him seeking the Lord for direction. 
We've been in Psalm 119. I wish we had time to read all these, but how many times have we seen this theme in Psalm 119 of David, the psalmist, crying out to the Lord when the enemies pursue him, when there's conflict, when there's calamity? We've looked at several of these already in our study through Psalm 119, verse 25. My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. We see it in verse 50 as well. This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. And then verse 71, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. And then verses 164 and 165, which Lord willing we'll eventually get to in our Sunday night series. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hope for thy salvation, and done thy commandments. David encouraged himself, strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And then David sought the Lord for wisdom. He sought the Lord for wisdom. He wanted to know if he should pursue the Amalekites. As he inquired of the Lord in verse 8, God tells him to pursue them. He took 600 men, verse 9. And they come down to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed, but David pursued, he and 400 men, so 200 stayed behind to guard the supplies, and then the other 400 went forward. And in verse 11, notice God's providence, as he sought the Lord for wisdom as they pursued. Notice in verse 11, and they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat, and they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days agone I fell sick. He talks about the invasion, and then he begins to give information to David. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? To go along with Kelly's uh, request, confusion, praying for confusion among God's enemies. And here in God's providence, this Egyptian who's a servant of the Amalekite, of the Amalekites, one of the Amalekites, he is able to escape, he's left behind, and he is able to give information that David needs. And we see God providentially working. He talks about the invasion, he David asked him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon the earth. And what are they doing? They think that they have all this victory. It's all in their hands. It's going to be an easy end to Israel, to David and his family and his company, his band of men and those who were with him. And what, what are they doing? like pagans do, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. In verse 17, as David obeys God, as God providentially directs and even gives them an unknown, unexpected, providential piece of wisdom from an Egyptian who is a forsaken servant of the Amalekites, they, in verse number 17, and David, what? Smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. God gave them great victory. 
And we see the providential hand of the Lord. And as we pray for Israel, we pray that God will give them victory like he did David there in 1 Samuel 30. And I close then from Psalm 83. Matt Recker, Pastor Recker, in that Q&A with Craig Hartman, used Psalm 83. And I want to close with this as we pray for Israel, as we're burdened for what's going on over there in the Middle East. Psalm 83, verse 16, Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and troubled forever, yea, let them be put to shame and perish, that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the Most High over all the earth. That's how we can pray, and I know we're burdened for what's going on there, and we know that God is in control, and that God remains King of kings and Lord of lords. And uh, we can pray uh, for God's will to be done through this and for the gospel to continue to reach souls for Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the unity of our church. We rejoice in what God has done and his provisions. And I know business meetings are not the most fun. And I remember as a teenager coming in many times to business meetings And I so appreciate Pastor Defoe doing that, though. At the time, I didn't appreciate it, but I'm thankful now. And uh, it was important for me to see that as a young person. And uh, thankful for the unity of our church, for God's provisions, and God taking care of our needs. And we give him the glory for it. Let's bow in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you for all that you are doing in our midst. Lord, we have seen you work in lives, and you continue to work in lives. We thank you for the new members and for the baptisms. Thank you for the souls that have been saved. And Lord, we know that you are working in in lives in so many different ways. And we're seeing, Lord, the fruit of the gospel and the fruit of your word as people are hearing and knowing and then obeying the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, for your provisions. We pray for Israel. We pray, Lord, for an end to the conflict. But Lord, we As much as we want peace on the land, and as much as we want evil to be put down and for justice to be served, uh, Lord, and as much as we want protection and safety for uh, the Jews, Lord, we know that there are many, many, many Jews who need to turn to Jesus Christ in saving faith to see you as the true Messiah and be saved. Pray for Shalom Ministries and and many others, Lord, pray for them that you will bless them and give them opportunities with the gospel. We pray for your will to be done there. And Lord, we pray that your will be done in our lives as we go forth from here to serve you and be faithful and obedient to you this week. Bring us back together, Lord, we pray on Sunday. By your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you for being here. Have a great rest of the week. Look forward to seeing you again on Sunday.